The Heart of Art is brought to you by the Academy for the Visual and Performing Arts at Texas A&M University, bringing innovative and culturally diverse visual and performing arts programming to Texas A&M University and the Brazos Valley. The Academy for the Visual and Performing Arts fosters the creativity of our community via the transformative power of the arts. The Heart of Art, scoping the Brussels Valley for the best artists and bringing them to your radio. Hello, good evening, everyone. Welcome back to the KME Studios. My name is Hector Nino, and you're listening to The Heart of Art. Today in the studio, we have a very special guest. He is a middle school teacher and coach in Brenham, Texas. His name is Ben Lewis, and he, I would describe as a hyper-detailed collage-style artist. Uh, he's also an avid traveler, and he has a love for teaching, and he talks to us about it and how he started um, his art form of this collage art pieces um and it was in during the quarantine when he started in 2019 and if you want to check out his work while we have this uh, discussion you can go to bendoodlin.com that's ben doodlin d-o-o-d-l-i-n.com and all right and for our second guest we will be revisiting my interview with emily bunock uh, she is a computer-generated creature artist, um, and this interview took place June 13th. It was right before she was going to um, present her MFA, and so we kind of got um, a sneak peek to her MFA before uh, she presented it, and she got to practice here uh, with me. So if you want to check out her work while we have the discussion, it is eabunockart.com, and that's eabunockart.com. All right, and now for our art announcements, we have uh, the theater company is presenting Head Over Heels, and this is the last weekend that you can check it out. Um, and it is a romantic comedy with the best from the Goo Goo Dolls, um, so it's fun for the entire family. Make sure to head to my Instagram, Hector Nino underscore, uh, for a discount code. Um, it might be in my, one of my stories, so go and check that out if you can. All right, and now for the Forsyth Galleries, uh, they have a, an exhibit currently uh, showing right now until September 25th, and it is titled All That Glitters Might Be Gold. And this exhibit examines nature, science, and human ingenuity, and how they have impacted the colors that we see on art pieces, such as paintings, ceramics, glass, and even a medieval manuscript. Uh, so this is a very educational exhibit, and I encourage everyone to go and visit if they can. This is in the MSC room 2428. If you want more information on this, you can go to uart.tamu.edu. All right, let's start the show with my interview with Ben Lewis. Today in the studio, we have a very special guest. He is a social studies and science teacher in Brenham, Texas. And, um, uh, has a bachelor's in history with a double minor in arts and business. He has been uh, distinguished as a distinguished geography teacher in the year 2020 from the National Council of Geographic Education. Uh, and his name is Benjamin Lewis. So hi, Ben. How are you today? 
I'm pretty good. How, um, how are you? I'm doing great. Uh, I'm really excited uh, for a conversation today. Uh, and if you want to check out Ben's work while we are having this this talk, you can go to bendoodlin.com. And that's bendoodlin, D-O-O-D-L-I-N.com. Or you can go to his Instagram. That is back underscore porch underscore dad. If you'd like to go check out his work. <laughs> All right. So, Ben, I'd like to go over... Um, the background of my guests first um mm -hmm. but i i was having a bit of difficulty coming up with your introduction because i didn't know what to describe you as because you're an author you're an illustrator i mean you do it all so how how would you describe yourself um no that's a great question um i'd say first and foremost i'm a teacher i mean mm -hmm. I've, i've been blessed with a few creative gifts um but um teaching is who I am and what I'm most passionate about. And um, I'm thankful that I can do other visual forms of art because my most important art that I do every day is teaching, of course. Right, yeah. yeah. And we appreciate you for that every day. Uh, yeah, thank you. Um, and where were you born? Where, where's, where's your place of origin? I'm from North Texas, actually. I was born in a little town called Vernon, uh, close to the Oklahoma border. I was raised in a town called Graham, Texas. And then I moved down to this area, the Brazos Valley, when I was probably 21 years old. So I've lived down here for about 20 years. All right, all right. And were you a doodler as a child? <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely, totally. On like your no, notes and stuff? <laughs> oh, yes. I mean, as a kid uh, in class, as a college student in class, even now sitting in meetings, like in a faculty meeting, I, and that's just the way I learn. You know, if I'm, if I'm forced to sit still sit on my hands and just kind of absorb information it doesn't it doesn't stick but if mm -hmm. i can fidget you know and and like i i never forgot that and so i when i teach i allow my students those avenues so i i give out a piece of paper called sketch notes you know so i'll say who wants some sketch notes today and about half the kids will raise their hand and so it's a blank piece of paper is all it is and they can doodle as long as what they doodle is kind of about what we're talking about that day so if i'm discussing the history of india and they want to do it a little taj mahal or something like that then that's fine with me okay. um yeah uh, all through college and it just i never thought it would become a business but um yeah right. it totally has yeah i mean that's pretty unique for a teacher to encourage their students to doodle <laughs> you know right like yeah. most, most would probably say the opposite <laughs> right yeah awesome. they do And my colleagues sometimes are often surprised that I that I use that technique. But, you know, again, it's just something that I remember from my childhood that uh, really helped me. So I'm not going to keep it from any kid who who thinks and who learns the same way that I did. Right. Yeah. I was actually uh, going to ask, um, do you think that your love for art is related to your love for history and travel? And in what way would you say? Uh, it might be intertwined, like in, you know, deep into the recesses of the hardwiring of your brain or something like that, I guess. But, you know, if I think about it, um, I think there is a common element between learning about world cultures and, and loving art. Yeah. You know, I um, think so too. So, where that common element is, I'm not sure if I can point to it and say, yes, that's it, but it feels like it's there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know? I mean, I, I feel like your pieces are, um, I guess a, a celebration of whatever idea or thing it is that you are illustrating. Um, mm -hmm. And I feel like you might come across this a lot on like your EF tours that you take with your students, you know, and cultures are represented through the things that you see. So 
Yeah, I thought that was really interesting. Um, did you have any uh, important, you know, teachers or motivators growing up that really pushed you to to do what you wanted to do? Oh, of course. Um, so many. Uh, number one, first and foremost, is my mom. Um, been my champion since day one. Um, you know, and even in the years when we were far apart from each other, it was still I knew she had my back more than anyone. Um, but as far as at school, um, the late Ben Holdridge of Graham, Texas, was my band director. Um, he taught me so much, not through, I mean, he taught me music, obviously, but what he taught me most was how to carry yourself as a man in front of students, um, how to how to be okay with letting kind of your heart hang out on your sleeve and being emotional around young people if it's appropriate for the moment you know not kind of have that step up for live you know man like I'm a coach so I've got to be super you know I don't know build this wall um, between myself and my students emotionally and this guy there was no wall it was complete um, heart to heart and I think that that rubbed off on me wow yeah I mean, your your pieces, I would say, are very like collage style, right? And I was wondering how you decide what elements to include within your illustration, because I do see a focus in school and sports. Um, do you do like your research to make those specific references or, or how does that go? Yeah, well, the early pieces were all just for me. And I like John kind of like macabre stuff. You know, I like... Um, I don't know, I like creepy animals and, you know, drool and all kinds of things. And so when I first got started, that's what I drew. Hmm. And then when COVID uh, really, you know, crushed that that school year that where we all went to spring break and never came back, right. we had to teach from home for the next three months. And we gave out two lessons a week. And so I would have those lessons built and administered in one day. So the rest of the week, you know, you couldn't really go anywhere because COVID was popped off like hardcore. So I sat at home and I took one of my son's um, foam boards he had for one of his projects. And I drew a COVID cell right in the middle. You know, that little spiky virus. Oh, yeah. We and all see it. it. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. And then I drew a bottle around it hmm. and I put a lime in the top and I put Corona with lime. And then I was like, so I just kept going. And I do it. I filled in the all the way edge to edge. Wow. And. I put it on Facebook and I said, um, hey, look what I did, you know, not trying to sell it, but check this out. This is what I did, you know, with my idle hands. Something cool. And people chimed in. I want a copy. I want a copy. I want a copy. So I was like, okay, I'll make 20 copies. No, no, 50 copies. I'll make 50 copies. And if I, and if I sell them all, great. And if I don't, oh, well, it was fun. Mm -hmm. And I sold them in like three days. So I was like, what? No way. And so people were telling me, hey, will you do one based off Texas A&M? Will you do one based off of this school, that school? Will you do one based on the state of Texas? So I started to accept these commissions and sell prints, prints, prints. And so to answer your question, on a piece like a, like a college, when I'm doing a collage on a college, mm -hmm. I'll do a lot of research. I'll put feelers out to that community. Like, okay, what are the must-have things? What are the quirky little cultural details that I would never know about? And I get on Facebook, this huge list. So I put it in a uh, Google doc and I print it out and I have it sitting right by me as I do my work. And so right now I'm doing one on West Point and without the guy who commissioned it, um, without his input, I'll, I'll be lost. Um, but the really fun ones are the ones where I get to draw what I like. Um, that's few and far between sadly, but um, I've got 
one piece I just finished called eighties and nineties culture. And, um, that one was fun. I didn't have to do much research cause it was all, you know, all up here yeah, in my brain. The horror films. I saw that. Yeah. That <laughs> one, that one was a cool one. Um, I had a guy, uh, from my hometown commission that one. And he just knew I was the perfect guy for the job. And I went, I went crazy with that one. That one was great. But yeah, so it's kind of a mix. Um, on things I don't know about, I put my feelers out there and I do a lot of research, but things that I'm into, I can just go. Wow, that actually is really surprising that you just started this right in quarantine. Like, what, mm -hmm. 2019, would you say? Right. Yeah, absolutely. Spring break of 20... Well, I guess spring break of 2020 is when I started it. Wow, and now you've yeah. done, like, a pretty good amount of, of them, I would say. There's, like, yeah. LSU, there's one for TU. Uh-huh, yeah. That's awesome, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, and, and, and I've done really well, and I've, you know, this last summer was, I think, the first summer I had never taught summer school, because I didn't... I didn't have to because you know I switched my extra gig to be this art business that kind of came from nowhere nice yeah um have your students ever reacted to your art they're just starting to see um I don't talk about it in class a lot because I don't know how ethical that is to like stand you know I'm sure it's fine but that's just right. kind of me mm -hmm. like if I stand in front of a class of 11 year old and say look what I'm selling you know I don't know that's, that's kind of sketchy but they have seen um my work around town and they have seen it in other places and they'll come back from like a restaurant and say mr lewis i saw one of your pieces up in a restaurant so when they ask about it i tell them that um that i have the business and things like that so no nah, I, I really don't bring it up but they they know yeah they, they'll find out yeah. <laughs> right um i mean your attention to detail is amazing i the I, on your instagram i saw this um the image of gizmo and the fur is made up of like the rules yeah. that they're supposed <laughs> right, to follow. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, how did you come up with being like so detailed? Um, I don't know. It's, it's just, I, I want to draw what I think I would like to see hanging on someone's wall. Mm -hmm. right. Okay. So, and when I, when I was given that commission of a piece based on eighties and nineties pop culture, that gizmo was the first thing I drew. I usually draw the stuff in the middle first because I draw it with pen and ink. I mean, if you mess up, you know, like maybe you can try to hide it, but sometimes if you mess up badly, you got to start over. Oh no! And um, yeah. And so I draw the big things first and I drew that gizmo was the first thing I drew and on his brown fur, I didn't want to shade that in with a pen because I thought it, you know, it wouldn't match my style and it would kind of be a cop out mm -hmm. to use that much real estate on a canvas for just, shading and so i decided to as small as i could write the rules for mogwais you know don't feed them after midnight don't get them wet don't show them sunlight you know mm -hmm. and i wrote that you know again and again and again and it took me it seemed like forever my hand was hurting but i bet i tell yeah. myself yeah i tell myself when it's finished it's gonna look crazy so i just do it and it and it always ends up uh looking pretty cool yeah no it gave, it gave you like the perfect effect of fur like it right yeah yeah like fur from far away that's awesome yeah. yeah yeah i think uh you find a way to like immobilize a certain time or a group um is this like your purpose to kind of like view everything at once from afar you know yeah well yeah i mean i never thought about it like that but i think so especially with that first piece, like people would say, what is this? Cause I mean, it was the stuff on it were so random. Mm -hmm. um, and they would say, what is this? And I would say, it's, it's my brain. It's my brain spilled out onto paper. It's just drawing whatever I think to draw. Like if I have a little negative space in one piece and it's in the 
quasi shape of a boot, then I'll draw a leather boot, you know, with maybe a snake coming out of the top and maybe quote Woody, there's a snake in my, but you know, just like just randomness. And so it's just things that are in my mind that need an outlet. Now, when I do the piece that's commissioned for someone like the Texas A&M piece, mm-hmm. and so many people chimed in with so many little details of things I never would have thought, then I get this kind of bank in my brain. So if I have like a piece of negative space on a canvas that's vertical, I'd say, okay, I can make the candle from muster. Uh, I can make uh, one of the one of the sabers from the core. Um, I can make maybe a um, piece of the bonfire. It, it, it just kind of like you develop a mental kind of go-to uh, word bank of things to put. Yeah, like a mental repertoire kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, in that quarantine piece, I saw like elves and aliens and there were just <laughs> yeah. all kinds of stuff. It was just so right, awesome yeah. because I think that's really where we were in a mental state. We were all yeah. all over the place. Totally. <laughs> so yeah. it was like perfectly presented. Um, I, I, I know that you no longer take the collage commissions, um, but where do mm-hmm. you see your art going in the future? I'll open commissions back up. Oh, yeah. um, but early on when I, when it was brand new, I, I took every commission I could get. Mm-hmm. So I thought, wow, this is, this has popped off. I've never been paid to draw, you know, and um, now I'm way more selective at the jobs I take because I want to be able to sell prints, of course, and I want to be able to have fun when I do it. So I'll get offered to do a certain idea and I'll just say, you know what? Um, You know, no thanks. I don't think it's for me. I'm not doing commissions right now, but other times I hear a great idea that I would really be into. And, um, it's it's cool to be able to be in a position where I can accept jobs that I want and then I can turn down jobs that I don't think will interest me too much. Mm-hmm, right. You you get to choose yourself, so that's that's you're your own boss in that in that aspect. Right. Yeah. Right. That's nice. Um, yeah. I mean, I feel like you could venture into so many things, like into animation or even like marketing. I feel like businesses would love to have a collage of like their services or products mm-hmm. in one image. Like that's awesome and. Would you ever consider going into that marketing? I would, but that would probably be when I retire from teaching. Right. You know, I mean, I'll teach well into my probably mid fifties, you know, early sixties. I mean, who knows? But that's that's kind of my plan. Um, maybe after that, I could get. And I've thought about getting my studio. Uh, I'd love to have one in downtown Brenham somewhere to just have a place where people could, you know, meet up, you know, drink free beer, listen to music, just talk about art and maybe buy buy a few prints and I could be there and I could work and I could doodle all day there but that of course that would be after my teaching career is over well that sounds like a great idea let me know (laughs) when it opens up (laughs) all right we'll do all right um is there something about your art that you want the audience to know that you don't think we've tackled yet um I hide a lot of stuff in there Hmm. and a lot of the stuff I hide has never been found really? ever. You're still yeah. waiting on someone to notice it. In my Navasota, and I'm not gonna say what it is, in my in my piece about Navasota, Texas, mm-hmm. there's a <laughs> uh how do I put this? There is a shout out to another town in it. I'll just leave it at that. Um okay. I was gonna do a little dance between my my UT and Texas AM but I decided not to even touch that with a 10 foot pole, leave it alone. It's not up to me to touch. Like I was going to make 
some shade in both pieces towards the other college. Uh oh. Super hidden that no one would ever see. And I thought about the way to do it that no one would know, but I decided, no what, you know what? No, don't do it. Because as soon as as soon as it gets out and people have all these pictures all up on their walls at home and stuff, it'll just ruin it for them. So I'm not going anywhere near that. <laughs> oh no. Yeah. yeah. Someone's yeah. always gonna be mad. Just do it. <laughs> just do it. <laughs> I don't know, man. <laughs> but um the let's see, I've got a lot hidden in like um, the piece I'm doing now after the West point, I'm about 10% done with it. And it's more reminiscent of the first one I did where it's just stuff on a page or just random stuff from my brain and it's going really cool. So I can't wait to, for everyone to see that one. Awesome. And it's super creepy. Yeah. That's, that's the best. (laughs) (laughs) Draws the most, the most attention, I think. Do you have any um, future travels that you're looking forward to? Cause I know you are an avid traveler. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. Um, we are going to spend, my family and I are going to spend the summer in Europe, and then I'm going to be with students. Okay. The first half, I'll be with students. The second half, I'll be with my family in Europe. And so I'll be in Europe about two solid months, I think, wow. this coming summer. Yeah. We had a trip to, to Thailand planned um, last summer, but it was kind of like the last nail in the coffin of, and I know COVID's still going, but it was like the last big cancellation from COVID. And uh, that was a super, that was a big bummer. But Mm -hmm. yeah, I'm I'm always going somewhere. I can't say, I can't stay still. All right, Ben. Well, thank you so much for for having this little chat with me. I I love talking about where your art came from and, you know, how that started. Um, Yeah, I mean, good luck on this new school year. And uh, let me know when you do open up that place. All right. Sounds good. Thanks for having me. Of course, anytime. All right, you guys, we will be going on a quick break, but do not go anywhere. We will be right back. Support for KAMU is provided by the Academy for the Visual and Performing Arts, presenting Between Underground and Sky World, an exploration of renewable energy from differing ancestral, cultural, and practical perspectives by mixed heritage dance company Dancing Earth on Thursday, September 15th at 7 p.m. in Rudder Auditorium. More information at academyarts.tamu.edu. Hello, good evening, everyone. Welcome back to the KMU Studios. My name is Hector Nino, and you're listening to The Heart of Art. Uh, right now, we will be revisiting my uh, interview that I had with Emily Bunock, which was then on June 13th of 2022, right before her MFA presentation. And uh, she is a computer generalist, creature creator. Hi, Emily. How are you today? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing great. Um, so I like going over the background of my guests first and seeing where their love for art began. So I was going to ask you, where were you raised? I was raised in a small town called Hallettsville, Texas. It's about two hours from College Station. Okay. And, I mean, being a creature artist, were animals always a big part of your life there? Yes, definitely. Uh, I grew in the uh, town portion of Hallettsville, but my grandpa had a ranch that was a few miles out. So I spent a large portion of my childhood there. I was very involved with Future Farmers of America, and so I raised cattle and pigs. And my grandpa had this huge farm full of all these, like, peacocks and pheasants so I was very immersed within like the natural world and like farming and ranching. So that kind of got you started on your love for animals and was your love for art greater than your love for animals or did they kind of grow at the same level you know how what would you say? I, I would say it's about the same but also like trying to 
combine them together. So like art about animals and then like animals within my own artwork, uh, but also like trying to like, what is an animal and what is human? And but mm. that's all nature. And so just kind of delving into that like aspect. And your expertise, I would say, it's a really strong blend of art and science, right? So was science something you excelled at as well? Uh, a little bit. I was very interested in like biology and the natural sciences, and especially uh, being in agriculture and future farmers in America. Uh, one of the competitions I did in high school was the commercial steer program, which is a little bit different from kind of the like stereotypical raising a steer on a halter and showing it in an arena. I had to learn a lot about the agriculture industry, which includes like the biology of how these animals grow. How do we grow them to be something that's consumed as food? And so learning a lot about the animals and the science behind how they live uh, and then kind of like the mechanisms within them. A lot of that science became in there. And then I was also interested in like visual aspects of animals as well. All right. And um, where did you learn taxidermy? Right. Because you do some of that. Yes, uh, that is also a personal like background. So my family's really big into hunting. My grandpa hunted and my dad hunted. And it's funny enough, amongst my siblings, none of them got really into hunting. And that was something I became interested in. So I would tag along with my dad to go hunting. And then that kind of delved into that world of taxidermy and all the uh, animals that we were able to experience life. And then after that, and how do we like kind of preserve those experiences and stories? Okay, well... I guess I want to start talking about your MFA because I'm very curious. <laughs> um, so the heraldic Ouroboros, right? That, that's the Enfield and the Calipus, mm -hmm. and they're battling each other, and they're kind of like in a, in a circle. Um, what does this battle represent? Uh, so that was a piece uh, in a series of kind of sculptures where I was trying to uh, create an artistic depiction of like certain like scientific processes. So that mm -hmm. process that I was originally inspired was like the circle of life, and so delving into that, I was trying to find mythological creatures that are kind of involved in either this like consuming act or fighting each other like eternally, which brought me into heraldry. So looking at some of the animals that are depicted on like armories and uh, like the armor before going into battle. And those were two interesting creatures I came across that I really liked their like overall aesthetic design and trying to kind of create this like circular shape. I looked into creatures that are either native to Texas or maybe they were a breed that was like bred for a specific purpose in Texas culture and so like with that alligator creature I did look at the American alligator as a lot of like anatomical reference but also looking at the Texas doll sheep which is a sheep that's bred specifically for hunting to grow those like crazy long horns. Interesting all right well I wanted to talk also about uh the photography wonder grammar is that how you say it? Or Wonder camera. Wonder camera. And I'm sure there's much more German inflection you can add upon it. <laughs> right. Um, and this is macro photography, right? So super close-up images of fur and feathers. Um, I was going to ask how much of it was computer-generated, because I know that you did put some work into that. So about four out of the 16 images are computer-generated using a software called Adobe uh, or Autodesk Maya and then XGen, which is kind of like a simulation software. Oh, wow. Only four of them. That's yeah, only four. I thought it was interesting to not keep it 50-50, picking a number that would be least expected. Mm -hmm. And what, would you, what were you trying to achieve with these? Because I think, like, when I look at the images, it kind of appears even like a fantastical landscape itself. I mean, mm -hmm. it's like a whole other dimension. Um, what were you trying to do with these? Yeah, uh, there was a bunch of different uh, kind of experiments I was conducting with it. And it all started when I was just... Uh, 
photographing my specimens I have in my own like workstation more just to kind of like understand like the underlying structures and the differences between different species and how their fur or feathers is made up and then as kind of like delving into that macro photography it was interesting to see like the focal length and depth of field how that changed and blurred obscured parts of the image to make sometimes they were unrecognizable which was the opposite of what I my original intention was uh, and then as I got a lot of uh, critique back from my professors and friends, and so I wanted to kind of dive deep into like this wondrous, colorful world that I was really experiencing. And if people can't make the exhibit, can they look at it online? Is there a website that they can go to to check it out? Yes, it'll be my own personal website, and I can give you that information as well. And I, once this uh, show is over, I hope to take a lot of really great pictures and have a virtual experience as well. All right, you guys, and that website that we um, promised to give you guys is eabunockart.com. That's eabunock, B-U-J-N-O-C-H, art.com, to see what she's working on now. And thank you so much, Ben Lewis, for uh, your teaching of students and teaching us about your art and uh, promoting art as well as a valid form of education. Uh, Thank you so much for that. And make sure to tune in next week when we might see what the AVPA has in store for us this year. I'm Hector Nino, and you've been listening to The Heart of Art, a production of 90.9 KAMU-FM. You can find all of our shows anytime at kamu.tamu.edu. The Heart of Art is brought to you by the Academy for the Visual and Performing Arts at Texas A&M University, bringing innovative and culturally diverse visual and performing arts programming to Texas A&M University and the Brazos Valley. The Academy for the Visual and Performing Arts fosters the creativity of our community via the transformative power of the arts.